Who dat? It's a uh, French Connection pod hosted by Podbeam. I'm back here um, with both the co-host, Ryan and Will. I'm Charlie as always. And I uh, appreciate everybody who listened to my uh, my post-game solo rant after the last game. Uh, I couldn't get the guys to get behind a microphone after that. And I, like, I was just kind of staring off into space and felt like I needed to get some words off my chest. So uh, that episode actually did pretty well. And I appreciate everybody who sat with me and, and uh, listened to that. But we did have a game that uh, we lost that everyone would love to forget about. But I do think that um, it would it would serve the listeners if we just, you know, maybe maybe touched on it real quick, just highlight some things that maybe we can carry forward into the offseason and and how we, you know, how, how the recent playoff letdowns can maybe alter or help shape the off season for the saints and, and where the needs clearly are. And, you know, obviously with, um, you know, the breeze decision, there's, there's a massive hole there, but you know, I, I had my own time to talk about the loss and uh, I would love to get Ryan and, and Will's talk on the loss. And, and, and from there we'll, we'll get into some more meteor subjects and more current subjects. Uh, but uh, let's go, Will. Uh, I'll start off with you, buddy. All right, so um, you know this disappointing loss. Um, really, don't have too much to to say on it. You know, I've kind of uh, I've kind of buried it. Um, I, I, I will say, you know, look, uh, heck, you know, we lost to Tom Brady. This dude's been to nine Super Bowls. You know, one six. He's heading to his tenth. So it's just kind of a we gave it our all during the regular season. You know, we full-blown swept them. And uh, whether it was lack of preparation, you know, um, just not not focused, whatever the case may be, um, they were the better team that day. Um, what did I say in that pregame pod, man? What did I say? There's Tom Brady, and then yeah. there's Tom Brady in the playoffs, and yeah. it scared the shit out of me. And you know what? I, I'm not going to – like, yeah, but – like we beat ourselves, man. In my opinion, we the better team that day won, but we definitely beat ourselves. Well, yeah, when you lose a turnover battle for nothing, it's it's hard to come back from that. And the fact that we were actually ahead with the turnover differential was amazing in itself. And then, I mean, we limited Tom Brady about as best as any team has this season. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, the, the biggest disappointment is not that we lost. It's once again how we lost. And, and all the Breeze haters, it just justifies all their bullshit they've said from uh, the first game of the season and and over the last three, four years, really, saying Breeze was washed. And if anybody actually saw that Kansas City game when he was slinging the hell out the ball, and then, you know, Chicago, he just didn't look the same. And it seems like that's been the, a trend in the playoffs. Once we get to the playoffs, like the game plan shifts and it's more conservative, but Breeze didn't look good at all. Uh, I mean, timing um, – with certain wide receivers, obviously that that played into it, but it just overall he didn't play a good game. He was never comfortable, and it, whether it's injury or what, I don't know. It just it's it's tough for his last game. That most likely more you know ninety nine percent sure. I think everybody would say, and I know every fan, every Saints fan feels the same way. It's just how we lost, and in this last see that that man on the field leaving with a empty Superdome and. 
and losing like that to Tom Brady after the heartbreaking losses we've had in the playoffs is just very surreal. And we were talking about we wanted the storybook ending because if he would have went out on top after what he's been through and, and everything and lifting the city back up, that would have been a Disney movie. And then just like that, that's kind of ripped away, man. So it, it's surreal and it's just here, sad. The end of the era, man. Here's the thing, though. When we go back into storybook endings, you know, now hindsight's 2020 and you look back on it and you go, yeah, you know, it would have been a storybook in and think about it. You know, the Eagles won it that year and it was, that literally was the team of destiny, but what's a, this, this isn't a uh, knock on the saints, but as a saints fan, is it a better storybook ending to say, Oh yeah, the saints win it and breeze rides off into the sunset. Oh, well, of course. What's a better storybook ending for for you know the NFL as a whole? Oh, Tom Brady becomes a, a member of an NFC squad, goes to the Super Bowl, wins it as a member of that. That's to me, and that's not undercutting the Saints. That just seems right now in hindsight when you look back on it and, and that he's gotten there, it's like no, you know, that's to me that's kind of like the 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 NFL's uh, you know man crush that's happening right now. You know, that's just me. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, man, any Sunday you can have the Jets versus the Jaguars, and there's some type of storyline there. You know what I mean? Like the NFL, there's just, there's so much, there's so much going on, and there's, there's plenty of storylines you can pull from any matchup in the NFL. And then you get Tom Brady, who joins the NFC and got, smacked around by the saints all year and you know we had fun with it we were like you know this isn't the afc east anymore you're not playing garbage teams but you know the bucks on paper are a very talented team i mean let's not discount just how good this team is and brady's a smart guy he's not stupid he wasn't going to just join any old team if you're a frenchman pod listener or if you're on saints twitter you know that in the offseason last year he he wanted to come to the saints because the talk the talk was that Breeze was was yep. had one foot out the door because he had signed that deal with NBC Sports and he wanted to come to the Saints. You know, wanted to be part of the the Chapa style locker room and you know have fun. I mean, you, you know, you can't can't fault him for that. And when Breeze decided to come back, Brady saw you know he had another awesome opportunity in the South, and it's also attractive for Brady. I mean, Florida is you know it's better for his family. His wife's from Brazil; she probably likes the heat. It's a no income tax state, so the twenty five million or whatever he made this year, it had no state income tax. Whereas in you know Massachusetts, he was getting smashed every year. He's uh, you know it's just more of a convenient feel for him and his family. The roster was loaded, and Bruce Arians allowed him to coach on the field, and he got himself back to the Super Bowl. I have no hate. I have no hate, no bitterness, no nothing towards Tom Brady. A lot of people bitch about Tom Brady, and like, oh, I'm sick of him, and he's a whiner, and but. I don't care, man. I Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't care what anybody says. And and I'll, I have nothing but respect for him. Yeah, it sucks that he beat Breeze because, you know, Breeze is my guy. He's a defensive quarterback for the Bucs. Right, right. But like Devin Tom White Brady's team took over that game, man. Beat Breeze. Devin White completely yeah. took over and dominated. When you draft a linebacker at four overall, that's what you expect from it. Give Jason Light, the, the general manager for right. Tampa Bay, credit because that's – Pete, nobody drafts a linebacker that high, really. And for him to go out, that's almost like drafting a, run, a running back that high. And for him to do that, and for him to be, and for Devin White to be such a game changer, my God, he, he just shook up that right. whole 
entire game. He blew up the whole game plan. So it, it, it was tough, and it was tough to see Breeze walk off the field. I, I got to say that was a, uh, the best 14-year fandom I think I could have ever had and never will have, quite frankly. And it, it's that coming to end for a lot of people. And we've been spoiled yep. uh, for a long time. Even though seven, seven to nine seasons, they were kind of fun. So, you know. Yeah, because you always were in the game. There was always yeah. hope that Breeze could pull out. A lot of those games, especially in 2016 season, we were within a score in a lot of those losses, man. It's not like we were that far off. And that's why when 2017 happened, it was it was kind of like, yeah, hit a couple draft picks, make a couple good uh, free agent signings, and boom, we're right there. But um, talking about Breeze, talking about the 15 year run, what you know, we we have to address that uh, as far as you know. Jay Glazer said before the game, with the you know before the last game, he said this will be this his exact word. And I trust Jake when it comes to the Saints. Outside of guys like Nick Underhill and Mike Triplett, the national guys that I trust, there's not a person other than maybe Ed Werder, because for some weird reason, he's got this weird close relationship with Peyton and Breeze. There's no one I trust more than Jay Glazer. And Jay Glazer said, this will be Drew Breeze's last game in the Superdome. He said it very clear, and he said it with 100% confidence. So if we take that uh, and kind of transform it into our own conversation, you know Breeze is thinking this over right now. I mean, he's posting smoothie king pictures he's making hibachi breakfasts he's with the with the family in san diego right now you know that he's he's thinking this over what in what direction do you guys see this like can frenchman pod listeners the frenchman pod can we put this brief speculation to bed first first of all he's not going to retire over instagram or twitter so when people are are expecting him to have a retirement announcement on instagram Get the you-know-what out of here. That's just ridiculous. The man yeah. is a, a Hall of Famer. If he's going to do it, he's going to hold a press conference and do it his way. He's not going to do it on social media like all these little bitches that did it this whole year to him. So screw that. Right. He's going to do it the right, right way, and we're and that's how we're going to hear about it, not from Instagram. So right. that's my, my take. Yeah, he's hanging them up. We'll probably have an announcement with the, uh, probably after the Super Bowl. He doesn't want to take away from the Super Bowl. He's going to think about it. I would say probably – one or two weeks after the Super Bowl, he's going to hang him up. I think the Saints brass will probably know it. Uh, they probably already know it now, and, and they're planning what their next move will be. But, yeah. Will. Uh, yeah, man. Kind of kind of in agreement with the, with the two of y'all. I mean, that's uh, – um, this isn't a uh, – God, I, I don't know who to even make a comparison to, but this isn't a oh I'm Brett forgotten. Favre. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Like the I'm I'm so forgotten. Like they didn't even do this for me. Blah blah blah. I mean, you're you're yeah. literally talking of a this is a first ballot Hall of Famer. There will be a formal press top five quarterback of all time. Yeah, I mean they're 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 just will. You know, it'll be even if it's nothing more than just you know a, a thirty minute ordeal. There will be some sort of a of a formal announcement. Um, you know, I don't An care. Emotional media, one. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, like, you know, the, the, the cool thing is, is, is once he, once he officially makes that retirement uh, announcement, yeah. the five year window starts and yeah. I challenge yeah. all the listeners 
and Ryan and Charlie, because I, I can tell you right now, there's zero doubt in my mind, uh, um, less COVID being the absolute world ending destroyer in the, in the next five years when they do the, you know, five years out, the 2026 Hall of Fame, if he's a part of that class because he retires this year, I will be sitting um, in uh, in Canton um, for the for the festivities. I'll buy into the Hall of Fame package to uh, to travel up there. And uh, yeah, I probably would, too. Probably would, too. And um, I, just to add, you know, whatever for whatever it's worth, my two cents, I. I have a sneaking suspicion that I think without a doubt that Breeze will retire. This was his last year, but I will say this. I don't think that Breeze is a hundred percent right now. I know that he has this running through his head and he's talking to Brittany and maybe his kids and maybe with the saints and just because when you make any major life decision, you want to go through every single potential factor that goes into that decision, whether it be buy a house, go to school, start having kids like you, you know, accept the job. You, you go over every single factor that goes into making that decision to make sure that you didn't leave any stone unturned or any minute detail not considered And retiring from football is one of the biggest decisions he's going to make in the rest of his life. Like if this is it, this, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know breeze personally, but I'm willing to wager that of all the major decisions, this 42 year old man is going to make in the rest of his life. This is probably up there with like one of the biggest ones he'll ever make again. Uh, so I think that breeze in himself, he's not a hundred percent. I think that it comes to that and that he retires and I'll tell you why, but I think that breeze right now is in San Diego, enjoying his time with his family. And he himself is not a hundred percent. I think breeze retires because I think he, as competitive as he is, man, and as the eternal optimist that he is, He's also extremely smart and self-aware outside of the Yahoo Finance <laughs> interview. He knows who he is and what he can and can't do on the field. And I think that when he does that self-evaluation, he's going to come to the conclusion that I can no longer perform at a level enough to help my team win a Super Bowl. And there are other guys out there that we'll talk about in a minute that perhaps put this team in a better position. And it really sucks because another thing I want to add on the breeze talk, and we can wrap this up is like coming out of college. And when he first started and all throughout his career, it was always breeze is too short, breeze is too short, breeze is too short. And I think breeze breeze never had a rocket arm, right? Like he never had the Tom Brady gun. Like he never had the, uh, you know, obviously the Patrick Mahomes thing or, he was never a big arm guy, but he had enough arm strength to get the ball down the field accurately. And I can't help but think that over time, your body your body starts to fail on you. Like you're at 42, you're no longer the same guy you were at 36, you know, 24. And Brady being 43, 
Brady has the frame, has a different type of frame. He's a different type of passer than Breeze's. He can torque his body and use his size to throw the ball. Whereas Breeze always kind of compensated that with timing and with pinpoint accuracy and being on the same wavelength as his receivers. And I just feel like Father Time caught up to all that. Like he no longer has the strength in the huh? The rhythm and just the, the timing with his receivers. It was just, it was all, he, he it was played, all, it was he played, he, re, he played really skittish. The last, even against right. Chicago, he, he just, he was throwing a ball away yeah. before, you know, Breeze typically does. But and no, I think he, that the, I think his physical, the physical traits of a passer of his size caught up to him eventually. I think, I just think it did, man. And, I don't know. I could be crazy, but yeah, I, I, I just felt like because Breeze, he's a six foot quarterback, he played the position differently than a six five dude. He just and, did. And he had to. Like he didn't want to get another rib injury, and you could tell he wasn't tra- the way he was trying to fall, and he was trying to avoid taking those big hits and just throwing yep. a ball down. Oh, yeah, you know, like just yep. not even trying to get out the pocket, just throwing a ball down and then right. living the next and, play. So, and that yeah. see, like that part of it is what I think Breeze is considering. I think he's looking at those injuries with two different lenses. I think he's looking at the injuries like, God, I'm old, and it hurt like hell to be hurt like that. And it took longer for me to recover than it would, say, you know, maybe 10 or 8 years ago. Brittany Breeze posted on Instagram, torn, ro- torn rotator cuff, torn pl- plantar fascia in the foot, 11 broken ribs we knew about, the collapsed lung we knew about, and probably other nicks and knacks and bruises and stuff like that throughout the season. But I like the two sides of that are is Breeze looking at it like, oh my God, that hurt. I'm getting old. I don't recover fast enough. And then the other side of it is, man, if I didn't have all that happen to me, if I just changed this about, you know, delivering the ball, or if we just tweaked that in our protection schemes, or if our route concepts were just a little bit different, maybe I could have avoided all that and we could have won the Super Bowl. Okay, let's go into next year and do that. Like, is he thinking that too? Offensive line, one more year under their belt. Yeah. I mean, Send them to Germany, load them up with some like genius baby stem cells, and see what we can do. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I like I said at the end of the day, I think that he retires, but I do think he's thinking about that stuff. Yeah, dude, like I said, it's the biggest decision he's gonna make. He has to think about that stuff. I agree. Um, so the quarterback position, we are all in an agreement that it ends up no longer being Drew Brees. So what we need to do is we need to talk about the heir parents or the replacements. Uh, you know, I use that term very lightly because nobody, unless they come in here and do what Drew Brees is do, uh, has done, is going to quote-unquote replace Drew Brees. But the position needs to be filled. We have one quarterback under a, an actual contract, which is Taysom Hill. We have Trevor Simeon, who's under an NFL futures contract. Other than that, there's nobody signed to the Saints. There's Jameis Winston, who we know the team would like to have back. You know, when he filled in, was okay, not bad, but had a good camp. He impressed. Peyton likes him, all that. He's got the massive arm. He can make all the throws. He can make more throws than Breeze or Taysom could have. And then there's all the other rumors flying around there. There's, did the Saints do something crazy and go after Deshaun Watson? Did the Saints try to make a play for Matthew Stafford? You know, do we do we maybe try to get uh, Sam Darnold or do we sign a free agent? And I guess, Will, I'll kick it to you. Talk about the the quarterback position. Maybe give you know a little bit 
what, like, what do you think is going to happen? Because I know what I think is going to happen. I think I, I think I, so, I mean, so, we did it or I texted it. Go for it. We're looking at three things essentially. We're looking at um, the the Saints taking over with a um, with a rookie quarterback. You know, all in. They figure it out. They go in. They draft somebody. Okay, that's that's Plan A, obviously. Plan B, you know, there there's going to be a stopgap quarterback. Maybe Taysom's the guy for a year or so. Maybe maybe they you know resign Jameis and he's the guy for a year or so. Whatever you know. Or the third option, it's it's going to be they go after a proven veteran um, to come in and run the offense. What my gut tells me, based solely on history, and and I get it, we've had Breeze for fourteen years, so not not necessarily at the quarterback position, but solely on history to where, you know, oh my God, we're struggling at the wide receiver spot. What do we do? We bring in Emmanuel Sanders. You know, oh my God, we're struggling at the tight end spot. What do we do? We bring in Jared Cook. You know, um, we've gone after, uh, you know, Demario Davis. We've gone after proven veterans. Um, I I just have a gut feeling that they're going to go, they're going to go pluck some veteran that's out there. Now, does that mean that that Stafford? No, not necessarily. Um, Do I think that they'll go after Deshaun Watson? Maybe. I think the price tag is going to be outlandish. Too much that they want that they don't want to pay. Um, you know, do, do I, here's what I know, regardless of what happens, whoever the next guy is, the next guy is, unless it's just a home run, he's in a bad spot because everything he does wrong, he's going to be compared to breeze. So whoever the next guy is, it's not going to be your long term guy, you know, okay. You, you make a trade for Stafford, whatever. He comes in, he's 33 years old when the season starts. That's not as old as Breeze, but, you know, Stafford's not playing for forever. You know, I I don't see Aaron Rodgers. You know, I don't – yeah, exactly. I don't see Aaron Rodgers um, and and us taking on that contract, even with the restructure. Um, I I could honestly see, as as wild as it sounds, you know, I could honestly see them uh, kicking the tires on a a Sam Darnold, even for the 28th pick. Um, I – First, first round picks are hard to come by, certainly. Um, but unless you move up in the draft, you're picking at 28th. I mean, what are you? What is that going to get you in this year's That's draft? The, the fourth. You got to yeah. You'd have to give up another. Fourth. You'd have to give up the first next year too. Yeah, still, and and, and my my only thing, you know, I made a comment the other day on Twitter, and I don't want people to think like, oh my god, he just loves Sam Darnold. So, but my only thing on Sam Darnold, and this isn't, you know, let's just pump sunshine up his butt kind of thing is, you know, for what he has done. And, and you know, it's been mediocre, you know, you know nothing great. I mean, I, I mean it when I say he's got a roster full of russet potatoes. He's He has nothing to work with in, in, in the Jets. <laughs> and the biggest thing is go look at the stat that jumps out on – he's been sacked 98 times in three years. Does that mean all of a sudden he's he's successful in the Saints? No. But I, I, I can assure you, uh, you know, Eric McCoy alone on our offensive line is better than what he's got, um, than any of what he's got on his line with the Jets right now. Uh, you know, yeah. Armstead and Ramchek are, are light years better than what he's got. So, so I know from a protection standpoint, he could be better. But I, I, I do. Um, where do I think we're going to go? 
the the person I don't know. You know, that's that's for the the coaching staff to figure that out. They're, that's for them to figure out the value. But but my gut tells me they're going to chase um, a veteran. And I get it. Darnold's been in the league three years. He's not necessarily a seasoned vet like Stafford or you know all this kind of stuff. But um, you know that's uh, that that's kind of just where I think they'll go. And and, and you had to, and Martin, you had to if you had to guess. What do you think? Like I know we don't know what in the hell is going to happen, but out of the out of the options of draft whatever quarterbacks there at twenty eight and start him, go with Taysom, go with Jameis, or let them duke it out, which is what you you alluded to, or make a big trade. Like if you had if you had to like you know gun to your head, what do you think is going to happen? If I have if gun to my head, what do I think is going to happen? I I I, I think the Saints are going to dangle the twenty eighth overall pick to a team and see who bites. And they're going to make a trade, and they're going to go after a veteran quarterback. That's that's exactly what I think. Now, yeah. I, I I hate it to a degree of going like, oh man, but but he, but here's the thing: like, you can't. This is this is my take on this. We've all seen, you know, the the Nick's the Nick Underhill post on 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 the 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 team. You know how they can do the restructures, and we could keep the team roster together, even being a hundred million dollars over. The roster that we have, sure, it's going to be different to a degree, but we're not going into next season with such a crapped out roster that it's just like, oh, let's just hit the reset button. It really doesn't yeah. matter. We're going to have they're, they're to go too like, to not go seven and nine. It, bingo. We're we're still too talented to not go seven and nine, and I don't think they're going to waste Alvin Kamara's years. They're going to waste, assuming you know. Uh, the 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 national media who loves to talk about us kicking Mike Thomas to the curb, you know, like he stays. Like they're not going to waste Mike Thomas, um, you know, his Payton, years. Like Payton's not going to waste Sean Payton's not going to waste one of his own years. Quite frankly, they're all in it. So, so Ryan, what do you think? What do you, where where do you in in what direction do you think the Saints go at uh, quarterback? So assuming so Breeze retires, Deshaun Watson, no way, right? No way. Uh, long shot, I don't Matt Stafford. Um, makes somewhat sense. Veteran, like Will talked about. Andy Dalton, um, he's a free agent. His market value is $6.8 according to Sport Track. I think that he could fit really well. I mean, he looked pretty good with the Cowboys in the first year with all the pressure that was on him once he settled in after his concussion. I mean, he slung that ball around a good bit. So, um, I, truth be told, though, I would put it – I'd put 40% chance if I had to put who I think would be starting week run. Taysom Hill, 40% chance, which isn't sexy, but that's what I think. Jameis, I'd put him at 30%. I'd put Jameis at 30%. I'd put Andy Dalton at 15%. I would put Stafford at 5%, and I'd put Other at 10%. I do like the prospect of Sam Darnold. I do also think, though – that even though he struggled, he might fetch a little bit more. It would probably be wise for the Texans to trade Watson and get a ton of early picks and Darnold just to try to rebuild. I mean, the Jets, what they have to offer is a lot better than any other team possible, and it's worth, you know, you're bringing, like Will just said, what he's been playing with, what was russet potatoes? Yeah, bag of potatoes. Russet potatoes, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the raw receivers alone in 
Houston are better than what he's he's dealt with this whole time with the Jets. I mean, Robbie Anderson, who's a solid guy, then what Jamison Crowder last year's his number one receiver. Like, come on, man. So yeah, I mean, think think of Darnold in this. Go ahead. Think of Darnold in this. No, I was just gonna. I'm just playing off of what you're saying. You know, like you know, for the oh, I don't like Darnold. You know, like he's not doing great. Think of this. He doesn't have a line. He's got Frank Gore, who's 47, running the football for him. Do you think he would love to to, to dump it off to an Alvin Kamara? Or, or Adam have, yeah, is, Adam Gates is his quarterback. I mean, is his coach. I was going to say that Adam Adam so, Gates. I mean, is, come on, man! Like, God has had, had, um, So, yeah. I, I mean, if if they're they're willing to take our 28th pick and maybe like another player or something like a mid level player, I'd be willing to listen. I mean, it's worth a gamble at that point. I mean, I don't know. You're not going to be picking a quarterback at 28 that's going to be better than Sam Darnold is. Let's just be honest. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think. Go ahead, Ryan. Not so, I mean, that, that's what my thinking is on it. Uh, I, I really do think Andy Dalton could fit, and I think a, a, a cheap contract to say, "Hey, you know, we want Taysom in his role." I, I still don't. I'm not. I'm not drinking the Jameis Kool Aid quite yet. I mean, I think it, I, I saw a stat if he had half the amount of turnovers he had last year. He would still have led the league in turnovers. Like I mean, that's yeah. That, I don't care what system you're running, man. You, that's that's pretty bad, dude. I mean, for him to have to settle for a right. minimum contract, I know you know he's getting groomed by Breeze and this and that. But they didn't have a lot of interest around the league with him, especially as a starter. Is that going to change yeah. when we saw one pass the whole season from him? So. regardless of money to Taysom too, to me, to a degree, it was also very telling when Breeze went down, they turned to Taysom and not. What I'll I'll say about that is they, the saints kind of knew a little bit. I mean, believe it or not, even though, um, even though Taysom has been on our roster for a few years, I think the saints know a little bit more, about what they have in 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 Jameis as a quarterback running an offense than they do than they do Taysom. I mean they have the limited they have his film from BYU <laughs> and then the little bit of preseason he did with Green Bay and with us and what they see in camp. I think Peyton just legit wanted to see like can this guy execute an offense and lead us to them. win and not yeah. and not lose us games. Um, now my, I guess I'll just, I mean, I'm here talking. I'll just give my thoughts on it. Yeah. So I, I'm a little bit different than you guys. I don't think we trade that 28 pick for a quarterback at all. I think we, I think we new England Patriots, the 28 pick and what they would do is they were always picking 32 or 31. They would, they would flip that pick into like two seconds or something like that. I, I think that's what we do. Unless if at 28, there's someone there that's just, fell ridiculously far and you just like can't pass Ruiz or something. Yeah. I agree. My guess is that we, that we, uh, yes. Duh, don't get me on. Don't get me going on. Reese. Um, my guess is that we, we, you know, we, we flipped that pick in the, in the, in the more picks because we're probably going to have to start backfilling some spots on this roster. This roster is going to change a little bit. Uh, that's just my guess. But as far as the quarterback position, I actually look at this a little bit different. I think that the Saints really value Taysom's role for what he does. Like, 
man, I mean, we missed him, dude. We missed him <sighs> in short yardage. We missed him on the goal line. We missed him getting first downs. Like that's all I missed of him. I don't miss him running a running a whole offense for a game. Though. Right, and I think I think that the same. I mean, uh, we can always come back to this episode when 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 ball when live balls start flying. I think that the Saints are going to for the next year, and then after that, Taysom's out of contract, right? And then maybe he can yep. <clears throat> his own decision as to what he wants to do because he's thirty years old right now, right? So he might be what thirty one going to next year. Uh, I think that Taysom will remain in his current role, and I think that Jameis Winston is going to come back to the Saints, and they're going to give Jameis every opportunity to win the job in camp. It, like, okay, let me rewind a little bit. I think that Taysom and Jameis are going to have a battle in camp. They're going to have a camp battle and see who starts mm-hmm. at quarterback. And I think Jameis beats him out because I think Jameis has a better arm. And I think Jameis is just a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. I don't think Taysom is bad, but like it, there's so much more that the guy has to learn to be a really good quarterback in the league. And he, the clock is ticking, man. Even like well, you guys go ahead. I was gonna say the promising thing about Jameis, if if he were to be the guy to return, is he's been out of football, call it what call it what you will, for a year. Sure. And yeah. no, there's not a team in the league that's gonna say, Hey, here's 60 million bucks, come be our franchise guy. He's going to have to be on a prove it deal prove it with deal, somebody. Yeah. Yeah, and why not take it so with the Saints? Because the Saints are the ones that that get. You know, he wanted to come to the Saints too. Like it's not like we were begging him to sign. Like he he wanted to, to join the Saints and learn under Breeze and Peyton and Lombardi and Pete and learn how to be a good quarterback and all that. And I just think that that's the route the Saints go. And like if we're gonna sign percentages on it, I would say forty percent Jameis Winston is a starter next year. Thirty percent it's Taysom. And then a mixture of, you know, maybe maybe twenty percent the Saints go after Matthew Stafford because I do think that I think Stafford in this offense would be just lights out, man. He's got the arm talent. He's a leader. I like Matt Stafford. I've kind of I love, you know, I've, I love Matt. I, I like I like him a lot. And I think that if somehow the Saints were able to come up with a package that uh, you know, because cap like money wise, not the NFL loves him a lot too. Let's just be honest. Who half the NFL? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I like Stafford. So, like, I, I would get, go 20% on that, 10% on everything else. I'm not even going to include Watson in, in that because I don't think he's you – know, Did, did you see have. that uh, Breeze at the end of the Bucks game? He turned to Jameis and the lip readers on yeah. social media said that he said, this is your team now. Yeah. Yep. Now, I don't know yep. if he said that or if he said we're having chicken wings in the locker room after the game. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. How about some crab legs? Yeah, so so you know, to each their own. I don't know what he said. All I know is if he is a quarterback, uh, well, look at look at it be this exciting, way. But he's gonna lose a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, look at it this way: whether it's 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 Jameis, it's Taysom, it's the trade for Darnold. They mortgage the future with with Watson. Uh, they pull off something for Stafford we're going to roll with them. You know what I mean? Like uh, the next man up, that's kind of, that's kind of the mentality. So um, next uh, man up, your will per perfect segue into our next topic, next man up. There's going to have to be several next men up. I guess we could touch on the roster 
how we think this is going to change. We had a segment on an episode earlier in the year where we talked about Thomas Morstead and his replacement. That's another – I think Morstead retires. That's my guess. I think you guys probably agree with me and that his replacement's already in the building. Any other – I mean, we don't have to get deep into the roster because it's still kind of early in the offseason. But is there are there any names that you guys see that are out the door? Like there's a lot of talk between you got to choose between Ram and Lattimore or some – Twat Waffle on Twitter said that they, that they're going to shop Lattimore. I don't know if I believe that. Will like talk about the players? So just just uh, the the five minute spill on my end before we segue this over to Ryan to do the same thing. Um, I uh, I'm super happy to read that uh, Jared Cook's on his way out the door. I don't know if y'all saw that or not, but uh, whoop, whoop. the door hit me. Mentioned his name. Oh, darkness. I know I can't. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so, uh, you know, like I said, look, flip it how you want. We're a hundred million dollars over the cap due to COVID. They, they've dropped it, uh, uh, severely. And, um, it's going to be a different roster next year. I mean, yeah. Uh, Underhill's already gone through an article basically saying, Hey, we could do all these restructures and still be fine. But guess what the restructures do? You're, you're converting base salaries into bonuses all you're doing is continuing to push the can down the road and what that means is you might be committing to some people longer than you really want to be committed to you know maybe you'll bite the bullet for some now what i do think is going to happen i do think there's going to like now don't chastise me because i'm not saying this person is an absolute but but it's just the example i do think there will be some shakeups via a trade like that rumored, like, oh, my gosh, you know, um, the uh, all-pro linebacker, Demario Davis, to the Lions. I, I really don't know if that's the case, but I think there will be some sort of move for us to acquire, you know, a pick or two. I mean, I could I could see that. But um, for, from a, a, you know, prioritized standpoint, look, this is what I want to happen. 2017 draft class, this was such a crucial draft. Um, we've already re-signed uh, – We've already re-signed Kamara. Heck yeah. You've got Mike Thomas. Then I get a different draft class. We've got Mike Thomas locked up. Um, I actually had this conversation with a coworker on Monday um, during lunch. We were going through uh, players and we were looking at um, PFF. PFF had the, the top 100 list of uh, free agents for this class and where they're projected to go. The 15th overall free agent um, in this class is Marcus Williams. I want Marcus Williams back on this team. I would like to have him back, yes. He is a top five, six-ish free safety in the NFL. I'm sorry to everybody that's hung up on the Minnesota Miracle. Yes, it was an awful thing that happened. Those guys don't grow on trees. If I had to prioritize Hendrickson and his 13 and a half sacks or Marcus Williams, I'm going Marcus Williams. Yeah, and here's why. Here's here's why. Hendrickson, he had a, a phenomenal year, good, awesome, but I only saw it for one year. I've seen the turnovers, and he had a couple games that just like you could tell it was just a good matchup for him, and he racked up the sacks against Donovan, Donovan Smith. I mean, it wasn't consistent. It was you, spurts and games. Well, you know, yeah, what, and you I know like what? he had a lot of like like covered sacks and. Yeah, you know, because they're doubling two first. They're doubling Cam. You're nailing and, that. I just want one one thing before you know. 
to the listeners, we're not taking away anything from what Trigger Trade did this year. We're just kind of shedding a little bit of light on it. Here's what's worrisome with him. Y'all, y'all nailed it. Yeah, like they're bull rushing one side, and so he slides in there and gets the tackle. Well, that's what you want to happen. But but guess what? His tackle numbers, he's got like 23, 24, 25 tackles for right. a whole year. That's defensive yeah. tackle. Yeah, like half the tackles were sad. That's, that's atrocious in the yeah. world of, of defensive ends. Um, good stat. It's a good stat, and it's a good stat that you won't hear on other Saints podcasts, by the way. So, so what I would like to see happen, this is just me. This is just me. We're, we're going through this roster. What's going to happen? If I had to pick one of the two, I want my Marcus Williams back because he's, 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 got, he's got the turnovers. I'm figuring out a way to get him back. Trey's walking, and I am praying like Jesus is coming to take us home that he gets a massive Trey Flowers kind of a contract, and we see yeah. pretty with a third-round compensatory. Yeah, that would, that would be money. That would be cool. Because Trey was a, was a third, third or a fifth-round yeah. pick. He's a third. Third, okay. So getting that third back for him, I mean, that would be, you know, thank you for your service. Thank you for the year you had. Thank you for giving us the third round pick. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if there's a way that we could keep Trey Hendrickson, yes. I would love it. But like, what it's going to cost? Yeah. I mean, I think the Saints negotiate in good faith with him, but it's kind of. I, I bet their their approach is kind of like a take it or leave it deal. Like, dude, if you want to go get paid, by all means, go get paid. Here, here was here, and and I'm ballparking it. I'm going to be relatively close. Here was kind of the the deals. Um, they had uh, Marcus Williams. You know, he he left us. This was the PFF top 100 that their projections were. He would he left us. I don't remember where he went. Um, oh, he went to the Jaguars and signed roughly like a five year, seventy million dollar deal. It was you know I, I think like thirty something guaranteed. Okay, whatever. Um, Hendrickson they had going to the Bills on like a four year, forty something million dollar contract 11 and 10. I like that. that's a good signing by the way um so that's just kind of where they're where they're spitballing value but uh you know i i would love i would i would prefer because here's the thing nine times out of ten we're going to restructure cam we're going to have cam back we're still going to have two first and i i'm still not giving up on the guy you know what i mean like he, he hasn't been producing but you know like i'm not ready to just yeah. To, to just you can't give up on him yet, dude. Yeah, the amount of capital you gave him with the little flash of, of dominance that that dude's flash like you we we have no choice. It's almost like you bought a stock at like ten dollars and it's now at five dollars. We you have got to hold on because you're short. You're there's too much of a loss if you get rid of it now. We have the kind of luck where we we let go of him. He goes to another team and he flourishes and he becomes yeah. He'll go, he'll go off. So the last thing I was gonna say with 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 you know the team, you know, getting shuffled around, Charlie hit it, you know, what would you do? Ram check or Lattimore? I've seen some really, 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 really bad corner play, you know, in my time as a Saints fan, you know, but I've also seen Jabari Greer, Mike McKenzie, Keenan Lewis. I've seen some, you know, rays of sunshine here and there. But if I've got to pick one of the two – I can't let my all pro offensive lineman out of the building. I mean, he's been on he's been on the roster now four years, and three of those four years he's been an all pro. And that's nothing against Lattimore. That's not a oh you that's just a I I I, I can't I can't I can't let it go. That it's that position's too crucial to my run game. He's too crucial to protecting the quarterback. Um 
that that's just me. That's where that's where I'm prioritizing those two first round picks. If I had to pick one or the other, that that's me. So, um, but I do. It's going to be a different. It's going to be a different team. It's going to be exciting. Um, but um, go with it, Ryan. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with choosing Ramchak over Lattimore. Um, simply because he's been more consistent the last four years. But lucky we we have them both on fifth year options. I would rather extend Ramchek and then try to work something out with Lattimore too after this year. Uh, Jenkins, we, I mean, we're, we're going to definitely have Lattimore back unless we do some trade or something, but I doubt that happens. Jenkins, we, we need both of those corners back. It, Jenkins was pretty inconsistent too. So if we stretch him out, he's probably not going to want to end up another team and then get, fall out the loop. I mean, he knows the system. He, he knows what he needs to do. We know matchup-wise what to put him in Lattimore. So long story short, I do agree with Ramchak over Lattimore. Uh, although I will say uh, this past year the franchise tag for a cornerback was $16.3 million, whereas a franchise tag for our uh, offensive lineman was fourteen point eight. So franchise, would, it should be a little less for, for um, offensive lineman. But I think Ramchak would probably just like the security as well, and he's comfortable in the system. He seems like a guy that just that kind of wants to start with the team and end with the team. So lunch pail, dude. Yeah, we, we shall see. Uh, I also agree with re-signing Marcus Williams, uh, prioritizing him over Trey Hendrickson. Uh, Marcus Williams is still only twenty four years old, believe it or not. That's that's pretty amazing. He came in, he started his first NFL season at twenty years old, coming from Utah. Uh, Hendrickson's twenty six. Um, and, and looking at Marcus Williams for around. $12 million a year, I think, would be, you know, 12 a year, 48, around 35 guaranteed would be pretty fair. He would still end up being only, you know, 28 years old for his next contract. That, that, that would be really, really good for him, a win-win for the Saints. Uh, he also seems like a guy who's comfortable kind of sticking with the same team. So we should see on that. Um, Hendrickson, just – you know, he had a good year. I think we all like him. He, he brought some energy to some games, but in some other games that he was just a no-show. Uh, he's solid. $10 million a year, sure. Anything more than that, eh. And it's all about the structure on the deal. We need Cam Jordan to step back up, and we need uh, Davenport to, to show what he's supposed to be worth because mm-hmm. Davenport's really good in a run game. He's really good at taking on blocks, but he just – he goes no-shows for a while too. So, other than – Unless they stun him. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's the number one stunner. Yeah. On the Saints, that dude can stunt, man. One on one quarterback is is, is going to be who we do. Do we keep Sanders? That mean you know we we talked about this. Just a four million cap hit. When you think what you're going to be saving would be four million dollars, I think that's worth for a number two receiver. Depending on the right, the guy throwing the ball. If it's Jameis, yeah, that'd be great. If it's Taysom, eh, maybe not because <laughs> you know they're, they're going to need some separation with Taysom throwing the ball to him. Let's just be honest. Uh. Overall, we, we got some tough decisions to make. I know we, we Kat, uh, Terrell, and Nick broke it down, pretty much simplified it for everybody because that's what the Saints do. They restructure the hell out of stuff. And right. we, we could chip down, and then we're still going to have to make some tough decisions. And I think we touched on the main four players with the tough, tough decisions. And uh, it shall be interesting. But our offensive line is going to be intact. Still don't know what the hell we were thinking giving Pete that contract. Oh, my God. That was – So – Ryan, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, and y'all could both answer this. Here's a here's an off-the-wall, just to uh, throw this out to left field. 
we were talking about prioritizing guys. You do like Ram over to Lattimore, blah, 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 blah. Me too. What if it comes down to you, you land Ram, but it's not between Ram and Lattimore. Now it's between Marcus Williams and Lattimore in the secondary. Ooh. I, I'm go. I, I'm going Marcus Williams. I'm going Marcus Williams. Cause here's the thing from a safety standpoint, when you get to that other safety, Malcolm Jenkins, Vaughn Bell, Kenny Vaccaro. I feel like we have been able to find the box safety all day long. We have not had anything at free safety since Darren Sharper has been out of the league. Um, I, 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 so I'll be the contrarian. Go for it. it. I'll be the, I'll be the contrarian here with the, even, even with the Ram talk, I love Ramchek and I want to keep him. And, you know, you put a gun to my head, make make a decision. I'm probably leading Ram, leaning Ramchek over Lattimore because of, I think Ryan, like you said the consistency, or maybe it was you. He's consistently a beast, but the ability to have a corner who can overwhelmingly more times than not take your number one receiver out of the game changes everything for the defense. If you can, for the most part, I mean, we can go through the list of names that Lattimore has shut down. I mean, yeah, he has moments where he's kind of like, it doesn't seem like he's in the game. Like the Vikings playoff game last year really killed me. Um, You know, there's moments, there's moments, but overall the ability, like you guys remember Revis Island. I mean, draw Revis used to take the number one wide receiver out of the game. And then the rest of the defense could, could like everything from a a defensive scheming standpoint goes through your number one corner. If your number one corner takes their number one receiver out of the game, that changes your coverage scheme for the rest of the back end to help the, you know, give your, your pass rush away home, help you scheme up some, some blitzes. It allows you to, to move your safety over maybe to help with the other corner it dude, it changes everything when you have that corner, man. And and that's all I'll say about about Lattimore. So the the Marcus Williams Lattimore, I'm going Lattimore because here yeah. here's my order of most important positions on an NFL roster. Number one, quarterback. Number two, left tackle. Number three, corner. Those are the three most important positions in football. And if you have the ability to have all those, which the Saints do. I mean, they're all in the building right now. Man, I, I got to go Lattimore. I love Marcus Williams. I think he's he's come along well. But I, I just think that I would if I had to spend a significant amount of money on a defensive back, it's going lock, It's going number one corner over a free safety. Yeah, good argument. Well, I'm you're on, wrong. So, I'm on the fence. I don't, I don't have an opinion. I mean, that, that's tough. Yeah, I agree yeah. with everything you said, Chuck, yeah. and I agree um, with Will. I mean, it, it's tough. It depends on the dollar amount. If you're talking about $16 million for Lattimore and $10 million for Marcus Williams, give me Marcus Williams. If you're talking about fourteen and twelve, two million million, $2 million difference, I'd probably say Lattimore. So it all I do. Lattimore does strike me as the kind of kid who's going to try to break the bank. I mean, he's, oh, yeah. he's going – He's he's well, going to. He's. Well, 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 listen to this though, and 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 I'm keep this, you know, just short and simple. All of these guys are going to sign now their first real NFL contract. 
There shouldn't be a listener out there that goes, well, they should take a hometown discount. They're not. Yeah, They're Get not. It doesn't exist. This is their Rookie first skill this throws that out. contract. Yes. This is their one thing I would, be, I would be worried about is Lattimore's competitive in this if he got paid big money. Because yeah, he I, go against lesser receivers and the motivation doesn't seem to be there. How much right. does he love football? Like going into it, Aaron Glenn would try to motivate him. Consistently, right. hey, you know, you got you coming into the season, you still got to work on being consistent, and like right. he, yeah. he has games where he just isn't there. So if you give a guy forty million dollars guaranteed, you know, it's and, a big investment on somebody that's in and out mentally. And your your guy Marcus I'm Williams, I'm because of what happened in that Minnesota game, is always going to be trying to prove himself. Like that happening to yeah. him at such a young point of his career. That's never – he's always going to try to be proving himself. His competitiveness is always going to be turned up to 10 because because of that. That's going to shape his drive for the rest of his career. Yeah. And he's 24 years old still. He's a youngin. So, all right. Uh, other than players, we can, I guess, quickly touch on the departures in the coaching staff and the front office. I mean, if you're on Twitter, you know. If you pay attention to the Saints, you know. Dan Campbell is now the head coach of the Lions. He took Aaron Glenn, our defensive backs coach that we just talked about, took him as his defensive coordinator. Um, <clears throat> the quarterbacks coach, Joe Lombardi, who's, you know, he had a quick stint for, I want to say the Lions, right? Didn't he, wasn't he the offensive coordinator of the Lions briefly? He is now the offensive coordinator of the Chargers. I believe that's it on the coaching staff. I don't think we've promoted anyone moved anyone up or hired anyone to backfill. I do know that Ryan Nielsen was on his way to LSU and the Saints said, no, you're not. We're going to promote you. We're going to give you a fat raise because you are way too important to leave, which is really cool. I'm, I'm as you know, as a, you know, out of town or LSU fan, I'm, st- I'm stoked that Nielsen has not left the Saints. Um, and it's tough. And yeah. That's, and then in the front office, what Terry, uh, how do you say his last name? I say Fontenot. Is that how you say it? Fontenot, right? Fontenot. Okay. I've been saying it right. Good. I'm not, I'm not that foreign. Um, he, uh, he's, he's now the GM of the Falcons, which is super cool. He had a really cool, uh, press conference. I thought I saw he wanted to try to take someone with him, but no, it Harley. didn't happen. Don't think yeah, it Harley. Yeah. It didn't happen though. Right. No. No. Did not happen. So that's it, right? As far as coaching in front office, that's that's the major All move. All these other that, teams are getting our assistance paid. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. Honest, when you, you win the division four years out. in a row. You're the most winningest team in the last four years. It, it surprises me that I mean, minimum wage is going to be like $27 an hour in six years, apparently. So, you know, why not get paid when you can? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, 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 the Campbell to the Lions, you know, you, you, you lose him. You know, he used to help the position as assistant head coach. So whenever uh, the Nielsen thing came about, you know, the Saints went into lockdown mode basically and said, you know, we're, we can't let you out. And there was all this jibber jabber about, you know, Dennis Allen, you know, interviewing with the Eagles, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he's going to retain his normal position, got a new three-year contract, but he was also promoted to the t- – Ryan Nielsen, this is – he was also promoted to Dan Campbell's old position of uh, assistant head coach. And and truth be told, I really think that Nielsen – I know they're not just going to let let Dennis Allen go, but I could see Nielsen, you know, 
putting the clamps in on Dennis Allen in the event that, uh, you know, there's any slippage in the defense. Like, I think Nielsen is sitting firm in a there, position to, to make a move up. I think there's that. And I also think that the Saints know eventually if the d- defense continues to perform at least, you know, if the d- defense continues to be solid as yeah, we've been, yeah. or even been really good, eventually – um, Dennis Allen is going to get another head coaching role. So having his replacement in the building under contract, you know, getting paid and happy in Ryan Nielsen, that, that like, that's what the, in my opinion, that's what the contingency plan, that's the uh, continuing operations plan that, that Peyton has put in place with the defensive side of the ball. And I'm all about that. I, I think, you know, that's smart. I think it's good. Uh, well, the, well, the NFL put in, this is why I wanted to, it's one of the things that I had on my, uh, on my uh, topics of discussion, you know, the NFL put in that new rule that got passed for this year. The uh, if you're promoting, um, you know, any person of color within the NFL to a head coaching role or a GM role, the uh, the team that they're leaving, the departing team, will get two third round draft picks. So us yeah. losing uh, Fontenot to the Falcons will be awarded um, two third round draft picks. So yeah. with that, I'll just very quickly. Not speculating on who, but I'll very quickly run through our 2021 picks really fast. And um, we're going to have our first round pick. We're going to have our second round pick. Our third round pick that we originally had was uh, traded a year ago in the trade to Cleveland to uh, take Zach Bond. Um, mm-hmm. We will be sitting with a third round compensatory pick this year um, for the Teddy Bridgewater loss. We will get a third round compensatory pick this year Um for uh, Terry Fontenot being hired. We will have our fourth round pick. So, you know, you've got a one, two, uh, two threes that are comp picks, our own fourth. Um, fifth round pick we lost in the trade to San Francisco for Quan Alexander. Mm-hmm. Sixth round pick we lost in 2020 for the trade um, with Houston to move up to take Tommy Stevens at quarterback, um, which, you know, he's no longer on the team. And then our seventh round pick this year, we no longer own because of the uh, dance parties in the locker room from COVID protocols for guys who take COVID tests 32 times a week. And then all of a sudden they're not allowed to be in a locker room with each other without um, uh, a mask. Yep. So, so we will definitely have an episode uh, breaking down draft stuff. I mean, you know, once we get past the Super Bowl and we're, Really, really into the NFL's offseason. We will be going into the draft stuff. Um, now, if you guys don't have anything else, I'll, you know, I'd like to, to get, no, get the up, I just want to say we, we all get through this, the end of this yeah. era together. It's tough. I mean, it's tough to try to, to move the page forward to, to get to the next book, not even next chapter, really just move on to the next book after this book was so good. And there's no telling what this next mm-hmm. book is going to be like. It's tough. It's a lot of unknown out there. Um, we're going to try mm-hmm. to keep it interesting as much as we can. We appreciate the listeners. Uh, it, it's it's the fear of the unknown, but yet it's ex- it's exciting. So let's yeah, see what the future holds and go from go from yeah. here. But you know, Breeze, yeah. my God, man, it'd be hard to replace. Yeah. Yep, I do agree, Ryan. Man, is the element of the unknown brings a fear factor, but man, it also brings a level of excitement because, you know, this off season is going to be the biggest turnover since 2006. I mean, you're losing, you're losing the head of your team, man. So see what well, pains me. You know, out of, before he goes to Dallas. Bruce, yeah. 
This is a crucial, crucial, crucial offseason for the Saints. And whatever happens this offseason will set the trajectory of the franchise for the next 10 or so years. So, All right, we'll excuse me. I got to go put some slap your mama and crystal hot sauce on some kneecaps. Get ready for this offseason. Do your thing. One thing I wanted to give the uh, I want to give the listeners an update on the Frenchman Connection podcast. We've I've been kind of hinting at it on Twitter that uh, you know we have an announcement. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, we're not insiders. I don't have any locker room news or anything. But Frenchman Connection pod specific that we've been in talks with a couple networks to join them, and we've actually started to move forward with one of the networks. Now that has not been finalized yet. We're in the process of moving forward and getting on their platform. But when that does, we will obviously make an announcement and I'm sure the platform that we're joining will make an announcement and maybe, maybe a joint announcement. I don't know, but uh, to put it in a certain way, our podcast is taking the next step. And that is because of the listeners, because of the people who like share, download, comment, all that, with our podcast, it is allowed us to take our podcast to a much larger platform than our, you know, our basically our Twitter accounts. And, uh, you know, obviously I just want to say thanks to the listeners for allowing that to happen. And the bigger the platform, the more cool stuff this podcast can do and provide for listeners. And it starts so, with a B, but it's, it's, Unfortunately, it's not. It's not barstool. <laughs> no, we're not barstool yet. But we are. We, you know, we. There's a couple of different platforms that we have been talking to, and the one that it appears that we're going to start moving forward with fits this podcast absolutely perfectly. Just the style of our podcast, our content, our, you know, the flow, the melody of our podcast. It it to me it fits perfectly. So I'm super excited. I know the guys are. So. Stick around for the next coming episodes. Follow us on Twitter. Um, where you can follow me. I'm at St. Charlie Ryan's at NFL underscore couch underscore GM. Uh, Ryan's gone rogue. I mean, do you want me to give your pot your handle out? No. No. Okay. Well, follow us on Twitter. Follow me. Follow the po- basically follow the pod account and uh, share the pod account. It's at Frenchman Pod, and all the announcements and episodes will be released through there. And um for the three of us i'm you know this is charlie ryan will we thank you for listening and we'll be back soon who that